Good morning to our loyal WFYL listeners around the world. Welcome back to your Philadelphia Friday, only on Fox News Radio. I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in once again, because you still have the right to hear and the right to be heard. We're here with you on 1180 AM and broadcasting real time at 1180WFYL.com. Coming to you straight from the birthplace of liberty here in the greater Philadelphia area. And we continue to fight day in and day out as your voice of freedom in the Delaware Valley. I'm attorney Mike Giramita from Giramita Law Offices, but everybody knows me as Mike G. And you're listening to Mike G. in the morning with The Law Matters. And you can listen to our program every Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. So let's be heard. Before we jump in, I want to remind everybody about our powerhouse lineup here at Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got Ben Shapiro bringing you the Ben Shapiro Show weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. We've got the Scott Adams Show weekdays from 9 a.m. until noon. Second Amendment advocate Dana Lash coming at you weekdays from 1 p.m. right until Ben Shapiro. And finally, we've got Michael Savage bringing you the Savage Nation weekdays at 6 p.m. So don't forget to tune in. And show them some love. And with that, you know what time it is. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. You know, I've had a lot of fun these last few weeks with all of our listeners participating in the free and open exchange of thoughts and ideas throughout the entire week on our social media platforms. Our Facebook page is facebook.com slash morning. Don't forget to like our page, our YouTube channel, Mike G in the Morning. Don't forget to like our videos and subscribe. Our Twitter handle is at Radio Mike G. And we've also got a screen name on the Instant Grams website. Our screen name on that Instant Grams is Mike G in the Morning. Looking forward to seeing you there. You know, last week we spoke a little bit about a new relationship we had with a potential sponsor and looked forward to announcing it this week. And ladies and gentlemen, the wait is over. Today's program, today's episode of Mike G in the Morning on Fox News Radio is brought to you by Elite Tactical Armory. And coming on the program to discuss Elite Tactical Armory and the services it can provide you as a gun owner, is the owner and founder, David Coates. David, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us, Dave. I'm excited for this partnership here. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what Elite Tactical Armory is? Well, thank you so much. Uh, I, I enjoy being on the program, and Elite Tactical Armory is a Pennsylvania-based commercial armory. We store people's firearms for them when perhaps 
they might not want to or be able to store their firearms in their homes. And this is becoming more and more prevalent these days, especially with the government infringing on everybody's rights. Maybe you got somebody from out of state who has things that are becoming illegal with the stroke of a pen, or you have somebody who is being falsely accused of some kind of a crime or uh, being subjected to some kind of mental health treatment, and that's trying to get squared away, or even these red flag laws that we see, right? There's so many different examples of why people need to or want to store guns outside their home. It could be that they're going on an extended vacation. Maybe they've listed their house for sale. Uh, It could be they've had a relative move back in with them that has a checkered past and makes it impossible to have guns in the same household. Uh, There's so many different examples that that we've seen over the years, and the service allows them to keep the ownership of the gun, just not have it in their house. You know, that's an excellent point. I've got a buddy of mine who his son was on probation and part of the probation was he couldn't have any firearms in the house. And but he asked me, is this legal? Can they do this? Uh, well, I said, they can't tell you you can't legally own guns, but they could certainly tell your son you can't live in a house where there are guns as a part of this probation. So that's an issue that comes up often uh, in more permanent issues where somebody's prohibited from possessing firearms. There are workarounds for that. But something like probation where the term of the probation is no guns in the house, that's going to be an issue for these people. So it's either uh, they find a solution with something like elite tactical armory, or their son goes out to the poorhouse, right? Lives out on the street. <laughs> it's, it's a very difficult decision between your, your loved one, your relative, your son, your grandson, or having your firearms. This way, you can have your relative, have your firearms. It just is not in your house. doesn't mean you can't come and visit. You can mm-hmm. come, pick up your guns, uh, go to the range, do, do the normal things you might do, go hunting, etc. cetera. Uh, and then instead of bringing your guns home, bring them back to Elite Tactical Armory. Again, we'll store them for you until you're ready to use them again. What about somebody who's got so big of a collection, right? They just couldn't stop. I'm sure we're all there, right? <laughs> <laughs> they kind of like we tattoos. Have had, we have had people that have outgrown their, their safes or their safe rooms, et cetera. Uh, so we, we do have you know about 2,000 square feet of space that we can store your, your firearm, your collection in. Uh, it's nice that it's, heated, air-conditioned, and humidity-controlled, and, you know, it, it's like almost like you where you'd store your, your fine cigars, except a little different humidity. <laughs> oh, man, this is a man after my own heart. He's talking guns and cigars at the same time. No wonder we get along, David. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to ask you this, because this is a reason that maybe people don't talk about all that often, but as someone who practices law in New Jersey, it's right at the front of my mind with a, a business like yours. What about somebody who maybe works in, or lives in a county like uh, Northampton, maybe on the border? And they occasionally have to do business in a place like New Jersey, where if they drive across that bridge, then they're going to be setting themselves up for three and a half years mandatory minimum in state prison with no opportunity for parole and no discretion by the judge. Are there people who use it in that manner as well? Like, God forbid, I have to go on over to Jersey. I can stop by Elite Tactical Armory and and leave my firearms there. It's true. We we are the... uh... If you're coming into Pennsylvania, we're the first exit into Pennsylvania. If you're leaving, we're the last exit before you leave, right on Route 78. 
And we do do a very good business with people who are coming into the state to work either on a, uh, a temporary basis or sometimes on a little longer term, a, you know, a contract basis. Uh, they may be uh, a contractor or they may be a software consultant, et cetera. They'll, they'll be driving up from a free state. They, they've come as far away as, as Utah and they'll, they'll drive up and they'll say, okay, er, we got to stop <laughs> last exit in Pennsylvania, deposit our firearms for the duration of our stay in the, the Northeast United States. Well, it seems like there's a, a lot of things that can uh, prompt you to need services from Elite Tactical Armory. I will say this, that very recently there was an overhaul of enforcement laws when it comes to protection from abuse orders. And regardless of what you think about those laws, they specifically mentioned commercial armories as a mechanism for storage when someone's not to possess firearms under these circumstances. And I think that comes as a relief for a lot of people, because if your firearms are being confiscated by the government as an alternative, uh, they're not quite taken care of the way you might like them to be, right? They're thrown into these barrels and <laughs> and true. the condition you get them back, it's just not like they, they originally were. We, we've, uh, we've actually done some business with both the Pennsylvania State Police and some municipal departments where we've been able to make sure sometimes we prevent them from being taken in the first place. Uh, and then we've also been able to negotiate through the courts to, instead of having the district attorney's office or the state police hold on to the firearms, we've been able to, to uh, receive the firearms and store them for the, the customers until the disposition of their case is over. I think people as gun owners would much rather have it happen that way. And that's the first time that I saw the term commercial armory used specifically in the law. And so you guys really, <laughs> that this type of business is changing the game for a lot of things. Uh, isn't that your website, PA Commercial Armory? We do own that website. Yes, sir. PACommercialArmory.com, as well as EliteTacticalArmory.com. You got a pretty neat uh, FAQ section over on the website over here talking about many of the different uses. We didn't talk about uh, military deployment. That's something that also comes into play. It's true. The, the current command guidance for uh, military folks who are being forward deployed is to take their personally owned firearms, put them in the trunk of their car, and park their car at a friend's house. One, that's not a very safe and secure way to leave your firearms. Two, it's not very good for your firearms. <laughs> we, we can be very helpful in that case. And we actually have uh, people, both military members and other folks in the government stationed around the world. We, we have several of them that store their firearms with us. That sounds like a horrible idea. Who came up with that one? Uh, I, I'm not sure, but uh, back of the car or in an environmentally controlled, secure armory. Uh, which one? With... <laughs> uh, it's really a, a tough one. It's a very tough decision. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, what would you want people who have never heard of this type of uh, storage facility to know? Is there, Do you get any questions that a lot of first timers will ask you? Uh, sometimes they'll ask me about access. How can I, you know, what if I need my, my firearms? A good example is this, you know, current pandemic situation we're in. This is a time when a lot of people say, listen, I, I want to have, you know, at least one or two of my guns at home. 
not a problem. Because we're an essential service, we have been open and available throughout the the pandemic and throughout any of issues we've had. We've, we've never had to say, no, you can't come and, and get your firearms. Oh, that that sounds great. David, I want our listeners to know you a little bit better because I've gotten to know you over these last few years. Great guy. How did you end up in this business? So I'm I'm interesting character. Uh, I semi-retired out of Wall Street, but I've always been a firefighter, an EMT, and I volunteered with the United States Coast Guard, which is where I got my first uh, firearms training. And I kind of caught the bug, and I, I've enjoyed the shooting sports. I became an NRA instructor, an NRA training counselor. And I had several people ask me, hey, listen, you know, I'm moving. I'm going through a divorce. I really want to get these firearms out of my house. Can you help me? And about eight years ago, I started kind of doing it on a case-by-case basis. Three years ago, I kind of jumped in with both feet. And now we store thousands of firearms uh, for people all over the country. What is it that you love about doing this in particular? Because there's a lot of different people in the firearms business, either on the sales side or on the instructor side, like you mentioned. Uh, This is something that's uh, pretty unique. It's not exactly like any of the other types of facets of the firearms business. What do you love about doing this? It's true. We we get to help almost everybody. There's the people who are pro gun control are very happy with us because we're taking firearms out of volatile households, households that are going through divorce and have the potential for violence. So we we do a good thing for those folks. We also do a good thing for people who are very pro firearm. A great example of those people who live in New Jersey who are prohibited from possessing certain firearms. Because we're just over the border in Pennsylvania, you can possess those firearms in Pennsylvania, use them in Pennsylvania, hunt with them, shoot them, et cetera, in Pennsylvania, and just not take them back into New Jersey with you. So we, we actually make almost everybody in the firearms community happy. And I can see how you guys would be heroes of the day. In a lot of different scenarios, one that comes to my mind, we talked about someone who's already subject of a PFA or some kind of restraining order, but maybe in situations where there might be false accusations, it would come in handy. Suppose someone has the feeling they're going to be accused of X, Y, and Z by somebody that they know or they have this relationship with, and they take the firearms and they lock them up, they store them, and they have some kind of evidence that they were not in possession of those firearms at the time of the allegations. Wouldn't that be helpful? Uh, we've had that exact situation with a customer. Uh, and uh, I, I believe the person who was accused was very happy to show the receipt of all their firearms being in a secure offsite armory. Uh, and then watching the other person in the relationship being handcuffed for filing a false police report. Uh, well, you say that the accused is very happy. He must have wanted to kiss you on the lips because you know what would have happened if he didn't have that kind of evidence? 
If it's somebody's word and all you have is your own word against it, it's horrendous. It's an absolute nightmare. People get falsely accused of crimes and losing your Second Amendment rights is a piece of it. Obviously, it's very important, but we're talking about jail time people deal with as well with this stuff. So, uh, you know, we want to thank you for the service that you're providing for people. It's It's an excellent idea. It's an excellent concept. And uh, you're great at what you've done for the firearms community. I've heard nothing but great things about you and very happy to be doing work with you uh, moving here on out. Do you have anything else you'd want our listeners to know? Well, the nice part is in addition to having this commercial armory, uh, we also offer a plethora of education. So whether that's firearms education or uh, tactical EMS or first aid we, we do that as well. We, we do everything from kind of the basics up through the, the stuff we teach our soldiers that are being forward deployed, tactical combat casualty care, which sounds very uh, exciting. So <laughs> it could be a basic CPR class. It could be how to use a tourniquet. We, we provide all that training. And actually, we do that in the same building as our armory. It just helps our, our staffing and makes sure that we have people there to help you. That's amazing. So gunshot wounds type things? We do that class. Yes, sir. Very, very cool. So again, Elite Tactical Armory for everybody who's listening. PA Commercial Armory will get you there as well. David Coates from Elite Tactical Armory bringing to you the Mike G in the Morning program on Fox News Radio. Thanks for joining us, Dave. Pleasure talking to you. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the Morning with The Law Matters. Only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got a very special guest on the line. Constable Steve is with us. Constable Steve, are you with us? Uh, with you. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, uh, you're somebody who's always struck me as being prepared. And what I've seen among people as of late is a little bit of complacency. People feeling like we're getting out of this thing. And maybe letting their guard down. You told me that that would be a mistake. Is that true? I believe it's a mistake. I mean, just went to Costco's. They're now rationing meats. See, news reports, rationing meat. All of these things from the beginning to now point to where you have to raise your level of preparedness. So that means... You're going to have to have PPE in the house. You know, this thing was just, I think, a taste of what biological warfare could be. Hate to to alarm people, but, you know, coronavirus is a virus. Biological warfare are going to be viruses. Where do you stand in terms of being prepared for what could be a new form of warfare? I shouldn't say new, but an expanded use of warfare. Mm. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people are totally missing that right now. They're not, they're definitely not thinking about that. A lot of people may be thinking, thank goodness, the worst of this is over. Julie, Chris, you had something to say about something very similar recently. Why don't you give us your take on that? Yeah. Thanks Mike. And, uh, great to have you on the show, Steve. That was, uh, Pretty interesting what you just shared, and it's interesting because Mike and I were talking off the air a little bit yesterday about this very topic and some of the other things going on. And 
you know, I hate to say it because hopefully it's not the case, but, you know, from a strategic standpoint, if someone did want to uh, cause harm or, you know, make things even worse for us, you know, we're coming up on a period of time when we'll probably be mostly vulnerable or at our most vulnerable, I should say. And especially as people might start to get comfortable and go back out and their immune systems might be a little compromised from wearing masks and not getting vitamin D and probably eating out of cans the past several weeks. So, Hopefully that's not the case, but it does seem like it could be a time to be extra cautious, I think, as you're pointing out, which is makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What do you think there? Mike? Wouldn't that be something, though, if this were just the setup for what really was to come? I think that that would be such a, a plot twist. That would be the punch you don't see coming. They say you can always prepare for the, the punches you see coming. It's the ones you don't see coming that are really devastating. It would be as surprising as, say, the end of The Sixth Sense when you find out that Bruce Willis has really been dead the entire time. Do you remember? I was just going to watch that tomorrow for the first time. Thanks, Mike. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I don't think I was even old enough to see that in the theaters when that came out. (laughs) Very good movie, I was filmed around That's really what it it seems it it could be. It, It would be, I think, a mistake to overlook that entirely. So... Steve, are you buying the narratives that they're pushing on television right now? Do you do believe what the media and what the government is telling us? Well, I mean, okay, so there's a lot of comparisons to flu, okay? Um, Another uh, N1, H1N1, and um, I would say even Ebola. We have to ask our question, this, this question, this is a question I've asked myself. Why did all the governments go on alert for this one? They didn't do it for any of the other ones. I mean, Ebola has you bleeding from every orifice of your body, but we did not shut down everything. What mm-hmm. made this different? That, so, that is a good either, question. Great question. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't pretend to, pretend to have all the answers, but I my thought process is either it's real this is a dry run because our intelligence agencies are saying something is being prepared by somebody. Maybe some of the people we've been fighting for the last, what is it, 20, 18 to 20 years are planning something beyond a vest loaded full, full of explosives. Mm. You know, that, and, that's, that's scary to think about, but it's foolish not to think about, right? From a tactical yeah. point of view, enemies fight with, with the weapons they have. And, you know, if this right here is preparing us without coming out and saying we have intelligence that they're planning a biological attack, well, now we've had a dry run. Now you know what you did right, did wrong, didn't do. And, you know, either you're going to get prepared, you're going to use it as a lesson, or you're going to be one of the faces we see on TV. The fallen heroes. I thought of a question um, for you, Steve. I don't know if you saw it. I'm pretty sure we could have to go back and double check this, but Mike, maybe you saw it or Russ, didn't at one point Barr even say this was a live exercise? You remember seeing that guys? 
I didn't myself. You didn't see that yet. So I don't know what the meaning was. Well, it could have been a slip of words, but I think Trump even said something to him live on TV when he mentioned that. So I'm not saying it wasn't said. Uh, I I got yeah. a little burnt yeah. out on the daily coronavirus briefings. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I have it on my phone. I mean, it's not like I didn't have access to it. And whether it was said or not, for me, is immaterial. It 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 is that. Right. It's a live exercise. Yeah. So, Constable Steve, you know, like I said, a lot of people at this point seem to be letting their foot off the gas when it comes to being prepared and anticipating what's to come. And it seems like your recommendation is, no, 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 put your foot on the gas. (laughs) Give, Give it a little more gas, maybe even. What measures would you recommend taking if you had to do a couple of things? Just just a couple of things to make sure that you're absolutely doing. What would your recommendation be? Well, <clears throat> I would say be hospital ready in the sense that you have a mask, uh, you have gloves, um, uh, you have probably something that you can dispose of as an outer garment, um, have food, water, uh, medicine. Um, for my grandmother, I had to order 90 day supplies and stuff. So, um, you know, those are basics. I, I, I draw a lot from my military training also. So, you know, there is a, there's a mental process that you go through when you enter basic training, go through learning how to get in step with everybody else that you're training with, uh, in terms of marching and following commands. And so out of that comes another person. Okay, so for those of you who who are listening and have not been in a uniform service, um, maybe have not worked in a in a group manner, um, specifically having uh, international national type focus look down, um, you're kind of getting training as a civilian in a similar sense because we had those kind of training. We had to put on the gas mask. We had to down our biological stuff. You're getting that now. So you need to go, you know, as supplies are replenished, um, I would suggest you buy what you can as you can and have enough for 30, 60, 90 days. Think at least that long and work toward it. That's excellent. Um, Absolutely. Okay. I would also add firearms um, and firearm training. And also make sure that you know how to defend your home, interior and exterior. I would, I'll say I'll end with that. Oh, that's awesome. I think that the, uh, a great point that you made, and I haven't heard anybody bring up anywhere since this is all started, is, hey, when we had something like Ebola where you're bleeding out of your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your nose, I don't want to say or whatever, like they said on like Trump said and got in so much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, you got bleeding from everywhere with Ebola and we didn't react like this. As a matter of fact, the reaction was, oh, you know, Fox News is just preaching fear about this and they need to stop trying to fear monger and make everybody all crazy about this. They're so paranoid. Those people over on Fox News, look what they're doing. It's not that big of a deal. And obviously the reaction to this is dramatically different. So perhaps there is more to the story. Thank you for bringing that to light, Constable Steve. You're welcome. And then uh, one final thought. 
also invest in the security system. Mm. Um, electronic. And for those of you who like Rover in the house, get you a dog and, and make sure that the dog is attuned to the plan. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I Full guess training. it doesn't help you to have a firearm if you're sleeping when the guy is standing over you, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> not a good thing. And your dog has to do more than just react to kibbles and bits. <laughs> there you go. Well, thanks so much for joining us. It's great talking to you again. Hopefully we'll have you back on the program soon. I, I hope to be back again one day. All Thank right. you for inviting me. Take care. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters, only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. So, Russ, were you able to pull up that clip Chris was talking about? I was actually able to find that clip, and it turns out that it was Mike Pompeo that said it. Here's Mike Pompeo. That's right. right. Michael Pompeo. All right. Why don't we uh, take a listen to that? All right. Here we go. The Chinese government was the first to know of this risk to the world. And that puts a special obligation to make sure that data, the data gets to our scientists, our professionals. This is not about retribution. This matters going forward. We're in a, we're in a live exercise here to get this right. We, we need to make sure that even today, the data sets that are available to every country, including data sets that are available. What the heck is that all about? I mean, isn't that strange, honestly? Like, I'm not really sure how to interpret that, right? I have no idea what's going on. Russ, what just happened? Uh, well, like Philly Chris said, it, it is very strange. And uh, I think he might be confusing strange with infuriating. Because, <laughs> I do that a lot. Uh, it, yeah. it paints a picture, <laughs> in my opinion, it paints a picture of uh, when Trump mumbled, you know, you should have let us know. Right. I think that paints a picture of they're not telling him things. And what else are they keeping from him? Because if he knew that it was, you know, like Scott Adams says, if he knew that it was a scamdemic, then he would have told us right away. I think they mm. deliberately kept that from the president so that he would go along with it unknowingly. Uh, for those of our listeners who couldn't quite hear what Trump said, because it, it was pretty quick and obviously wasn't all that loud but he said when pompeo said we're in a live exercise here trump said you should have let us know and it, it seems like a kind of a contentious uncomfortable moment is that fair to say uh, yeah it made me uncomfortable watching it what the heck's he, going on he's <laughs> you know, he's calling him out on on tv and right. in the middle of the press conference like w- what's going on here right what would that mean? A live exercise? What would that What would that even mean? Well, they do live military exercises all the time, and sometimes people don't know whether they're real or fake. But I would hope our president would be in the loop on that one. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, I mean, they said it was a slip of tongue, I think, but you know, that's kind of odd, I guess. Well, what was a slip of tongue? Would he the live exercise or Trump's response? Because <laughs> no. Um... <laughs> Well, here's the the article I pulled up where I found it. Mike Pompeo admits COVID-19 is a live exercise. Trump retorts, I wish you would have told us. Um, I heard you should have let us know. Is that what, what did you guys hear? I heard you should have let us know. That That's what I, I heard on my end. Yeah. It looks like the quote in this article says, Trump retorts, I wish you would have told us. 
Huh. That's still quite concerning. I, I, yeah, but it's tough. I, don't but, know. I mean, they, they can listen the same way. They're listening yeah. the same way we are, you know. <laughs> right, right. I don't I'm think they're any, right now think they're any more qualified to, to <laughs> interpret what he said, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, maybe this article is not right, but it is a little tough to hear, so. You know, guys, this reminds me of a soundbite that we played on a previous program where uh, there was a hot mic incident at the White That's House. That's right. Oh, yeah, the White House. That's right, at the White House. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why, why didn't we think of that? For anybody who hasn't heard this, basically what happened during that video was they weren't supposed to be on the record or anything like that. And you've got two uh, media correspondents, I guess, talking about how the numbers are not what they really are, right? The numbers are not what they seem. You have way more cases then are on the record, and therefore the mortality rates far low. Russ, why don't you, why don't you just play it, Russ? Okay. What's up, Hi. All right, man. What do you know, man? You can take out the mask. The uh, case mortality rates are 0.1 to 0.3, according to the USC. Is it really? That's, that's, that's reassuring. USC. Everybody here has been vaccinated anyway. USC and LA County Public Health come up with a study. They found that there are 7,000 cases in California. Man, you know, what is going on here? I I don't know how to put all these different things together. You know, he yeah. talks about uh, everybody's been vaccinated. It's still weird to hear that. He could have misspoke, but he, he didn't even say that. He said that he was joking, I think, is what they ended up saying. That was their their story yeah, when right. they were asked about it. If they yeah. were joking, oh, I'll mm. tell you what, there's a real knee slapper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's joke about uh, vaccines during the pandemic. Hysterical. <laughs> These guys are, <laughs> there's a real riot over here. I, I don't know what to, Russ, what do you make of all this? Well, from, from what I can see, um, how many more of these misspeaks are are we going to be able to endure? Because right. between, yeah. you know, the president saying, I wish you would have told us that, you know, the, Pompeo said it was a live practice. And then this guy says that, oh, the numbers are, are much higher than than what they're reported to be. And the numbers are all wrong. It just seems to me that we're being lied to on a yeah. grand scale. People are misspeaking and joking at a ridiculous rate right now. Everyone, everyone in the media is going to, is going to uh, change their first and last name to Joe King. Uh, right. Cause that's right. all it's going to be left. Oh, I was joking. Oh, I misspoke. Oh, I said it by accident. They were making no. a joke. How many, how many misspeaks and how many jokes equal a Freudian slip? That's you know, there's other know. videos that have been popping out lately. Uh, some of them get taken down. Uh, Philly, Chris, I think you found one about a nurse who was reporting all kinds of injustices and malpractices taking place 
in some of these hospitals, guys getting shocked with the defibrillator when they shouldn't have and, and dying yeah. as a result. Uh, I saw another yeah. video. There's another video that had to do with somebody who formerly worked for Fauci or worked with Fauci. Right, right. Ultimately being thrown in jail. Uh, she says it was because she spoke out against certain vaccines. Um, their side of the story, the folks who fired her, who terminated her, and, and uh, prosecuted her, said it was because she stole company property, she stole a notebook or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, some, you know, random <laughs> notebook with some important information. Yeah, I mean. So as a result, Snope yeah. says that the video is false, right? Right, that's exactly it. So we must uh, trust <laughs> them. There's nothing yeah. to see here. She clearly nothing got fired because of the notebook, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know enough about the story to comment, but that seems like, uh, it seems like it's worth looking into a little more, no? Yeah, I really think you're right, Mike. I mean, there's a lot of things going on, and there's two sides uh, to the story, and some people who are pretty closely involved, uh, <laughs> you know, from a science standpoint, are coming out. We're seeing doctors coming out. Thanks for mentioning the nurse video. I saw that yesterday, and it appears that they did confirm she was traveling to New York to help and was in those hospitals that she mentioned. So, you know, if, if even some of what she's saying is is real, and she seemed to be pretty emotional about it, it's quite concerning. I mean, we know sometimes people are disgruntled and they say things, but it seemed like she was uh, speaking, you know, from the heart there at times. So who knows, you know, but more yeah. people are coming out. It's concerning. Whatever's going on is still concerning, of course. Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about preparedness. Let's get uh, Jose Morales on the line. Sounds like a plan. Mike G from Mike G in the morning here. I want to tell you a little bit about Elite Tactical Armory, your firearm storage solution in the Lehigh Valley. Elite Tactical Armory is a commercial armory where you can rent secure storage for your firearms. You can find out more information about Elite Tactical Armory at EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. Don't forget to check out Elite Tactical Armory for your firearm storage solutions. Again, for more information, go to EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. For those of us just tuning in, you're listening to Mike G in the morning with The Law Matters. Only on Fox News Radio, WFYL. We've got a very special guest with us on the line. Firearms instructor extraordinaire and this program's own personal MacGyver, (laughs) Jose Morales of Philly Firearms Academy. Jose, are you with us? I am. Thanks for having me, Mike. Chris, good to see you. You too. Hey, thank you so much for coming on back. You know, the first time, the last time we spoke about uh, being prepared during this pandemic, you had mentioned that there are some ways that you can potentially make products out of things that you might have around the house or maybe can't get your hands on. Why don't you talk a little bit about the importance of that? Well, absolutely. Thank you, Mike. Uh, and, and, you know, in these uncertain times, anybody who's trying to go online to purchase something as simple as hand sanitizer, you know, we notice that it's this almost impossible to find anywhere at all. And so it led me to think, oh, wait a second, you know, maybe I can craft my own hand sanitizer. I started doing a little bit of research and sure enough, there are a couple of formulas for for that. And uh, I wanted to share one of those with you. And it's really, really simple. Um, All you do is you get some alcohol, uh, preferably 91 to 99% isopropyl alcohol. And you can order some aloe vera gel. The aloe vera gel, usually, my wife reminded me, comes uh, usually is purchased when people have sunburns and such. Right, So right. the local pharmacy may have some. 
So you mix two parts of alcohol with one part of aloe vera gel. And if you want to add some, a couple of drops of some eucalyptus oil or peppermint oil, something to make it smell nice, you can go ahead and do that and put it in an airtight container. Now, sometimes, again, it's difficult to find these things. And it seems as though, you know, you, a tip comes out in the news, everybody rushes out to Amazon and everything is back ordered for 16 weeks. So I suggest that the listeners pay attention to what's laying around the house and you know, hold on to those old squeeze bottles or those old spray bottles and reuse those um, in order to be able to kind of carry their own homemade hand sanitizer. So you just mix two parts of alcohol with one part of aloe vera gel. If you want to put some drops in, it can smell good. You go ahead and do that. And again, the main thing is that you um, remain as sanitary as possible. Make sure that the implements you're using to mix it are clean and uh, you can remove the uh, the aloe vera gel if you don't want to use that and just put the alcohol in an in a spray bottle mm. and use that when you're out and about. Yeah. The other day, mm-hmm. again, my wife and I were cleaning some, some closets and we found some old spray bottles. And I'm like, oh, don't throw it away. It's like, she looked at me like, are you crazy? Are you okay? And that's like, no, no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like a new currency. They're so hard to come by. I tried to buy mm. some bottles on Amazon and they were back ordered for 14 weeks and they were incredibly expensive. So again, look around your house, find those old reusable bottles, sanitize them and use those things. Hey, we're going to see Jose digging through the garbage <laughs> for the bottles like they do with the, the cans, right? You've seen the guys in right. the city. <laughs> right. Hey, you know what? I have, I have no shame. I'll go ahead and do that. And because, again, it's a bottle of that is it's like the new currency, you know? Uh, right. You can trade right. it for hey, ammo. Mm. You can trade it for MREs, you know? <laughs> I have a Jose, I, I know why you don't remember what aloe vera gel is as well. It's because you don't get sunburned. You just get tan and beautiful, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, yeah, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, that's, I already have my natural base coat, so I'm good to, I'm good to go. But yeah, you know, so that's that's really useful. You know, it's really helpful. I read a, an interesting article the other day that was accompanied by a video about the importance of washing your hands for at least 20 seconds. And they were talking about how they have this substance that acts as a mock germ or virus, and they rub it all over their hands. And you can actually see what remains on after washing. So after five or 10 seconds, you'll see that some of it is gone. Um, 15 seconds, maybe most of it is gone, but it's really not all gone mm. until 20 seconds in. I've heard the trick, hey, sing happy birthday to yourself. I don't, maybe I right. sing it too fast because I don't think it quite adds up to 20 seconds. Jose, no, no, it's, it's happy It's happy birthday twice, Mike. Twice. You gotta sing happy it birthday twice. twice. There you go. All right. Happy birthday yeah. twice. <laughs> I've just well, been counting the 20 because I, I mapped it out and I said that that doesn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> and <if> you, <laughs> well, I, I got to make sure I'm not wearing shoes when I do it too right <laughs> yeah, exactly no that's a that's a great point a lot of times you know people just don't know how to wash their hands um they don't wash between their fingers they don't wash their thumbs they don't wash pointing the, their fingers down so that the water unfalls off of their hands not back onto their hands and up their arms you know if there's a technique to that and you know it's unfortunate that we have to be cognizant of those things but yeah something as simple as washing your hands takes a uh, a whole new uh, meaning especially in these uncertain times. So, you know, hand sanitizer is really important and uh, that's a good uh, recipe to make it homemade. Um, And also, you know, we can go ahead and take it a step farther and make disposable wipes. I know we talked about that 
Uh, yes. I think of our last episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's mm. talk more about that because that's something that's been absolutely sold out everywhere. I've been looking constantly because they're very useful. You know, you get a package that comes to the door and you want to wipe things down before bringing them into the house. Uh, they're, they're very useful for that sort of thing, but you can't find them anywhere for i have thousands of them here mike i'll say <laughs> <laughs> you've hoarded them <laughs> sorry about that hey, hey. i've been trading them for food and stuff uh, jose we got to make a trip over to Billy chris's house on this is all <laughs> i'll say you told the wrong two guys we're from new york chris <laughs> right. so i did want to ask okay, a real quick question because you're a self-defense expert and i bow before you with your knowledge and all but it, wouldn't it be possible then to Let's say as a self-defense tool, uh, you could turn those uh, spray bottles into flamethrowers with the amount of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Flamethrower, maybe. Mm-hmm. It is It is uh, quite flammable. Isn't that true? Actually, in all seriousness, you have to be a little careful, right, Jose, with that, with the alcohol content in there? Well, yeah, you, you just want to be diluted. So you, yeah. you, know, you always have to be kind of careful when you're dealing with You know, one of the major things to really be the most um concerned about is mixing um like ammonia and uh, and bleach right. and alcohol muscle, muscle, you don't mix yeah. these things uh, mm-hmm. because they can cause really really horrible fumes so wow. you know the the yeah, those, and pretty noxious and toxic fumes uh, mm-hmm. so you know as as you wake up and you're in the in the emergency room which you don't want to be because you can't <laughs> right. Right. you know with, with the whole virus thing i'm hey, just hey, going ahead and just pay some attention to what you know how you're making your, your disposable wipes so you say mike I was going to say, Jose, you don't teach basic flamethrower anymore, right? That's not. Flamethrower 101. I did see online, though, some people were showing how they had had the accidents, I guess, with the actual hand gel, even from the stores where it got near an open flame on a stove. Like if you put it on a plate, you can actually light it. And it's a very blue flame. So you don't see it indoors with a lot of light. Yeah, um, that, well, that people have you been turned the lights on. Yeah. yeah, right. Turn the lights on. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, people have been known to inject that, you know, to oh. ingest a hand sanitizer in lieu of alcohol, alcoholics. Yeah, it's it's really pretty potent stuff. You know, it really is pretty potent. Well, let's get back to the wipes, Jose. Let's get back to the wipes uh, before we're rudely interrupted by someone who eats bowls of mustard. <laughs> oh, is that so, so disposable? Yeah, they're, they're, you can't find them anywhere. So what do we do, Jose? Well, disposable wipes um, and reusable wipes are really similar. Same recipe for both, except for the disposable wipes. You can use shop towels, um, like we mentioned before, or you can use those microfiber um, kitchen towels. Uh, not, the, not the microfiber kitchen, but the um, something a little sturdier, so the shop towels. You could use heavy-duty paper towels, but they tend to disintegrate. Yeah. Uh, again, I got a question. I've, to... I got one of these things called tub of towels. You ever hear those? <laughs> I think they, oh, no, yeah, I'm got, serious. Chris is laughing like I'm talking about sorry. bag of bees. It's, is it's that like sure. a ShamWow or it's something? It's called tub of towels. No, no, no. It's a canister. Jose, why don't you describe it? You've got them, you said? Yeah, I, b- I bought them. It's a, it's a, well, mine comes in a box. I think they're 250 or 500, some outrageous amount of, of reusable, they're they're um not quite paper towels, but not quite cloth towels. Are they the they're kind of heavy duty. I guess they call them shop towels, and oh, they yeah. come in a big box. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah, you. We got a couple of canisters. You so they will find them on on the computer where you can't find you know these Lysol wipes and things. So how how do you turn those into disinfecting wipes, Jose? Well, it's all about it's all about the solution. So you, you use about one third to a half cup of bleach. And you mix it with a gallon of water, 
and put it in an airtight container. And that's the key. Now you can go ahead and you can make a gallon or a couple of gallons of this. And you say use a gallon of it, make a gallon so that you can use it around the house of the solution itself. So one third to a half cup of bleach, one gallon of water, mix it up, put it in an airtight container large enough to kind of to hold all of it. And then you can either put them in smaller containers and either use those shop towels um, or those heavy duty paper towels in a container, uh, preferably again, airtight and use them when you're out and about. Now, just make sure that you don't make too many at a time. So create a solution and make them as you go. You can use, uh, you can use resealable bags. Um, you can use any Tupperware or any kind of resealable uh, containers such as uh, like Tupperware and, and such. But the main thing is if you make too many of them, uh, they lose their potency every time that they're exposed to air. And after about 24 hours with air, they start losing their efficacy. So you don't want to make too many um, right off the bat, but you can always come back to your gallon of, uh, of your mixture and create some more on the fly. And if you want to make reusable ones, well, then you just use something a little sturdier, like, um, like those, um, those uh, kitchen, Cowlets, it's almost like those nylon that they're made of um, that material. It's like microfiber kitchen cloths. Sure. You know which ones we're talking about. They sure. sell them and you can use those. They're a little bit sturdier. You can cut those up and those are reusable. So you can use those to, wa- to wipe down your packages, wipe down um, your groceries before you put them into your, uh, into your refrigerator, your counter afterwards. Again, and they, you, can al- you can also wash those cloths in the sanitary setting of any washing machine, reuse those. And, uh, and make some more solution as needed. Again, just make sure that you use sanitary uh, practices when you do that, and preferably gloves when you're dealing with bleach. So, Jose, uh, for the disposable kind, you're making them in small batches. You could put them into a Ziploc bag or something like that, or do you need like a Tupperware? If you're going to keep some in your car, um, you can actually, it's not a bad idea to keep a container in your car. And the more airtight the container, the better. Okay. I sometimes reuse, like I said, sometimes you'll have these other um, containers in the house that you can you can repurpose. Uh, but, you know, make them once a week for you and for your family members. Put a bag in each of the cars. Or I would put a container. The bag usually doesn't, you know, most plastic bags don't seal very well. So they're good for a day or two or for an extended day trip. It's better to have them. But for long-term storage, I use something a bit more airtight and remake them. It's better to make them several times a week than just to keep them in your car or keep them with you because, again, they do um, decrease in efficacy over time. Fair enough. And then with the reusable ones, instead of just mixing in the solution, you're actually dipping it in as you're using it, I presume? No, no. Actually, that's a good question. The 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 cloth should be in the solution for at least five minutes to totally oh. impregnate the cloth. So, gotcha. yeah, it's a good idea to have them soak in there. Good long, and longer is always better, um, or so they say. So that's a good thing um, to have it, you know, in the solution for longer. But it doesn't, you know, but but at least five minutes is is, uh, is what's recommended um, in order for them to totally, uh, because, again, you, know, you have to understand that these cloths may have bacteria and contaminants on there as well. Mm, so we want to make sure that there's no cross-contamination. Point. Yeah, there's no cross-contamination. Yeah. and. <laughs> You know, again, you're, you know, these are interesting times, my, my friends, yeah. and it's incredible to see how unsanitary, you know, people generally are. If any trip to any, any, 
you know, restroom in, in the United States will tell you if you're in there, you know, what is it uh, saying? 40% of Americans uh, wash their hands after going to the, to the restaurant. Public restaurant. Oh, hey, don't, don't even mm. get me started. <laughs> oh man, that drives oh. me, drives oh. me imagine, yeah, long imagine. before coronavirus. <laughs> right. So imagine, right. That, and something as simple as pumping your gas, you know, make sure that you have, uh, that you have some wipes to, to wipe the door handles of your car, the inside of your car, your steering wheel, anything that you inadvertently, your glasses, if you have to readjust them, your wallet, you know, again, it makes us re um, assess our daily life, our phones, you know, mm. again, I don't want to go off phones on a tangent, but uh, I, yeah, phones are very dirty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been, I've been researching ultraviolet uh, phone sanitizers. Um, uh, again, the, the media hasn't really spoken about it, but once they start saying, talking about it, they're going to go out of stock. And, and, you know, Chinese companies are going to start making these things and trying to and flood you the market with them. So, uh, you know, let's all find ways to kind of stay clean and just be aware of what we interact with on a day-to-day basis. I'm glad I asked the dumb question so everybody in the audience can hear the answer. <laughs> Ask no, for the rest no, of us. No, I was like, really, my, my, uh, my parents no, are going to be they, extremely proud. Not That's right. The only, the only dumb question is the unasked question. Uh, that's not true at all. I've heard a lot of dumb questions. Over <laughs> no, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> so, Jose, while, I've, while we've got you, I want to touch on this. And this is, this is not why I asked you to come on the program. But there was this shooting out in Georgia fairly recently. And it's been disturbing to watch for a lot of gun owners. I'll just put it that way. And basically, for anybody who hasn't seen this, you can type in Georgia shooting into YouTube. It should be one of the first videos that pops up. And essentially, this kid is out there jogging, African-American kid. And somebody in a vehicle is following him and taping this. For what reason, I don't know. I, it's very difficult to figure out what's going on with the backstory. It seems to be not a whole lot of information out there. But he comes up to what appears to be a parked pickup truck. Guy in the back who's armed. Uh, when I say back, he's standing in the bed of the pickup truck because it's stopped. And then there's somebody in the front of the pickup truck outside in front of the, the pickup truck. And he's holding a shotgun. The jogger, the African-American kid, comes around the right side of the truck. And as he comes to the front of the truck, he seems to be shot by the man holding the shotgun who's in the front. And after being shot, goes towards the guy to try to wrestle the gun and gets shot again, I believe, several times and dies. He falls down and seemingly dies. Very disturbing for a lot of people to watch. Did you get to see this, Jose? I did. I did fairly recently. I, it's something that actually just slipped my radar because I purposely try not to watch the news except once every two to three days. Uh, um, and, and you listen to Mike T in the morning, of course, right? You listen and I listen to Mike T in the morning. So I'm, I'm one of the most educated uh, people on the air. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, and I, I looked at the uh, the video, which was really difficult to watch, and it was just an, an absolute travesty. I mean, things, uh, you know, when when stories like that surface, it makes us legal gun owners and Second Amendment advocates look horrible because they paint us all with the same um, idiot brush that these two morons you know, um, are, are obviously painted with because they, you know, they had no, um, they really justifiable cause. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, but I, from the video, again, uh, someone jogging, minding their own business, uh, unless they're jogging with, with a TV that, you know, it was yours. 
Um, and even then, even it's then, just even an then, object. I mean, it's, an, yeah. it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. I'm going to shoot. I mean, uh, unless he was jogging over. with, if he was jogging with grenades and he was about to pull the pin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I mean, I right, right. Somebody. I played a, a lawyer in a movie one time, and it looked illegal to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like jogging with your significant other. Yeah. It's sad. Know, it's really sad. Their will, you know. It, but there's, yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a travesty, and I'm just, I hope yeah. that uh, that is fully investigated, and uh, if they're culpable, they're they're uh, prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Yeah, I, yeah. It's, it's. I feel like there's something we don't know. Uh, I'm not saying good or bad, but nothing about this makes any sense yeah. whatsoever. It's just really, really hard to watch. Terrible, terrible thing. What's the worst thing that I've seen so far is if you look at some of these videos and you go into the comments sections, the absolute ignorance of some people when it comes to the laws of self-defense is mind-blowing. You know, it's better to not say anything at all. If you don't know the laws when it comes to the justified use of deadly force. Well, isn't one of them a police officer, a formal police so. officer? So shouldn't they know a little bit about the law? You would think so. Apparently not. But anyway, Jose, we appreciate you joining us. You're our new uh, MacGyver expert. We're going to have you on. for. <laughs> we hope to have the pleasure of having you back on the program again soon. Oh, it's my pleasure, Mike. Chris, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, and everyone stay safe and healthy. Thanks for the info. Stay safe. Today's episode of Mike G in the Morning is brought to you by Elite Tactical Armory, your firearm storage solution in the Lehigh Valley. Elite Tactical Armory is a commercial armory where you can rent secure storage for your firearms. Whether it's because you're traveling out of town, or you're dealing with false accusations, or you've got legal problems, or you've just run out of room for all your precious babies, Elite Tactical Armory is the storage solution for you. You can find more information about Elite Tactical Armory at EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. That's EliteTacticalArmory.com or PACommercialArmory.com. Don't forget to support those who support freedom. And be sure and tell them... Mike G sent you. That's all the time we've got for today. Thanks for joining us once again. Big thank you to our sponsor, Elite Tactical Armory, EliteTacticalArmory.com. Stick around for We the People, The Constitution Matters. Pastor David Whitney, Professor Phil Duffy, I'll be joining as your legal analyst. Stay safe, take care, and get yourself a bag of bees, folks.